This is Gregory Novak. This is The Cunning of Geist, Episode 4. Welcome back. I originally recorded this episode a few days ago, and after reviewing it, I realized that many that join the Hegel Study Group on Facebook are beginners to Hegel, and perhaps to philosophy as well. Listeners to this podcast may also be newcomers. This particular episode is about true infinity, specifically how Hegel develops this very important concept. Uh, This episode will be the road to true infinity, if you will. As such, this abstract development may be difficult to follow. We're not dealing here with concrete entities, but more abstract notions. Not all of it will be instantly clear. I am presenting it abstractly on purpose, so don't quit on me or Hegel if it is not understandable at first. True infinity is such a life-affirming concept for me that I believe you will come to understand its richness in the course of time with these episodes. And because true infinity is such an important concept, I wanted to devote one episode to how Hegel actually develops this concept. Specifically, I wanted to say that it's very important to note that this is not something that came to Hegel out of thin air. It was not something he found in some other text. It comes actually from the logical development of pure thought itself. And that's what I'm going to hope to demonstrate here. In the science of logic, Hegel begins with the abstract notion of presuppositionless being. And in several key steps, he arrives at true infinity. And I'm going to cover each step along the way in this episode. It'll be brief, but I think it's important to, to go through this process. Those interested in more meat in the bones can certainly follow up and read Hegel directly, his science of logic, as well as Stephen Hulgate's book, The Opening of Hegel's Logic, which I reference in this episode. With this caveat in mind, we can now return to the original episode that I had recorded a few days ago. Thank you. Today, in this podcast, I would like to cover a very key concept that Hegel develops, and that is called true infinity. And we've talked a little bit about this before, but I wanted to get into it in a lot more detail in this episode. True infinity is one of the most important concepts that Hegel has, uh, that he develops. It certainly is central to his notion of freedom, of evolution, of progress, of humanity through history, and to put it simply, to make the world a better place. So what I'd like to do is discuss the the road that he takes to get to true infinity. And this is uh, outlined or detailed in his Science of Logic right at the beginning. And it's one of the most initial concepts that he, he develops. And I'll be going through uh, how, how he gets to the, the notion of true infinity and what it means. I should say, however, that this is going to be a very rough outline. It's going to be in my own words, um, and I'm, I'm not going to go into incredible detail. Um, if you're new to Hegel, I would certainly suggest reading this yourself in the Science of Logic. Um, and there are plenty of good commentaries out there on it. Um, One I highly recommend is a a book called The Opening of Hegel's Logic by Stephen Hulgate, and this goes into his concepts in the science of logic in uh, tremendous detail, and it's very easy to read and to understand. So I've mentioned before that right at the beginning of the science of logic, Hegel starts with the concept of being, and that is uh, presuppositionless being. Uh, he He doesn't take it to have anything... Um, going for it other than it's just pure immediate being without anything else. And as we said, uh, this turns out, when you think about it, if it's absolutely presuppositionless, it must be, in fact, the same thing as nothing. 
So being, in fact, when it's presuppositionless, is the same thing as nothing. So uh, the fact that nothing exists, though, that now it has a, a being of its own, uh, the same as being. So uh, being becomes nothing, and nothing becomes being. And the key word here, the next concept that he has in the science of logic is what, what I just said, the word becoming. Um, being becomes nothing, nothing becomes being. So becoming is, is the truth of being and nothing. It's a, becoming is the one of the most or is the most fundamental concept that Hegel says in the science of logic that there is. Uh, and it, 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 we've talked about this, that um, all all the world, all nature, everything is in, always in a state of flow of, of becoming. And uh, this is very critical for him. So as a process, though, becoming then doesn't just disappear. It settles into a what what Hegel calls determinate being. Uh, in German, the word is Dasein, which uh, can be translated as being that is there. It uh, can be likened to the continuation of the present moment, uh, the now, if you will. Um, although we're not speaking of time here, we haven't gotten there yet, not even close. If you think of uh, each moment as a coming into being and a ceasing to being at the same time, uh, you're, you have a good idea of what Hegel's getting at. But also the, 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 the now moment persists. We have a sense of now followed by another now, followed by another now. Some call it the eternal now. This, this is a good analogy to what Hegel's talking about in determinate being. Again, we haven't gotten to time here. This, we're not talking about a time concept here. We're just talking about um, how being develops. So we've seen that uh, presuppositionless being turns out to be nothing. And both of these are, are actually moments within the notion of uh, becoming. And becoming settles into a uh, term that we can now call determinate being, Dasein. Now, the fact that being now is determinate being means that it has a quality. And Hegel points this out. This is the next step. Uh, being now has a quality. It is determinate. It's not just uh, presuppositionless. Um, but he goes further than that. In addition to being having a quality, it has both a negative and a positive component to this quality. There are two sides to this quality. Being has become determinate in Dasein, but so has non-being also become determinate. So being has become determinate and non-being has become determinate. One's a positive and one's a negative. So we have two different qualities here, two ends of the same stick. And he calls uh, the quality of being determinate, uh, of being being determinate, reality. Uh, and he calls the, um, the quality of non-being being determinate, he calls that negation. So we, are, we have two terms, reality and negation. And again, as I said, I'm going to be moving pretty quickly here. Um, so uh, bear with me. I'm trying to make this as, as understandable as I can. Those of you that are more familiar with Hegel, that have studied Hegel, know this. But sometimes it can be helpful to listen to somebody describe it in their own words. So hopefully, even if you're a seasoned Hegel uh, reader, that you'll find this of interest. So quality tends to have both reality and negation as, as part of it, and which, which really means that being now is determined by what it is, be, what it is by being and also what it is not. 
Um, so both of these concepts are playing into the notion of, um, of, of determinant being. Reality, what being is, and negation, being not what it is not. So we have here a negation of the, neg of the negation. Um, being is, is not non-being. Um, it, so it's both real and negative at the same time. So what Hegel does next is pretty interesting. He, he now s states that because uh, being is shown to have um, uh, both uh, reality and negativity within itself at the same time, it now is self-determining. It, it is something now. He, it's the term he uses in German. That it's etwas, E-T-W-A-S, and it's now something. We don't know anything more about it. Um, it. It's not a thing. It's not a chair. It's not a table. It's just a very elementary concept, which he now says is something which um, uh, being within itself, that it has, it's self-relating uh, because it has both reality and negation within it. Now, there's another um, very interesting concept here, which something by itself actually implies um, an other um, in addition to something. So it's not just there's something now and nothing else out there. The fact that it has both a positive reality and negativity within it, um, it, it then is both um, something and other. So we now have a concept that we have, we know that there's something and we also know that there's something other than something. It, it, it really comes from the positive and negative that's within it. So it's, um, it now enjoys um, a being all of itself. Um, it's not just not something. Now, it, it, what's interesting here is when you have something and other, to the other, it is a something, and it looks at the, the original something as being other. So there's one is not in a privileged state. It's just that you have these two entities now, and again, very preliminary concepts of something and other. Now, this is a similar move that Hegel makes in his um, first major work, The Phenomenology of Spirit, when he talks about the development of self-consciousness. And he claims that uh, self-consciousness actually comes as a pair, um, that you can't have self-consciousness without another self-consciousness, another out there. And he goes through a whole discussion of that, and we'll get into this um, in, in detail in a, in a future uh, episode. But, but for now... It's important to realize that uh, there is now something and something that's other than that something. So taking this a step further, we know that something is limited by its other then. So it's not all that there is, that there's something and something else, which is other. Um, it's defined by both itself, what it is, and by the other, what it is not. Um, again, very bare concepts, but we have some... Um, limit put around the uh, the something. In many ways, it's like a body. If you think of your own body, um, you have a limit in terms of you know your skin. Anything outside your skin is is can be looked at in a very broad sense as being other. So you have a we have a limit in space. Um, we we have our body, and then what's not our body is other than our body. Um, again, with Hegel here in the in the science of logic in the beginning. He's not talking about bodies. He's just talking about pure, very elementary concepts. And we're working our way toward uh, true infinity. So there's also a limit in time, if you think about it, uh, if, if, with the body, with the person. You're, um, there was a time when you weren't here, 
before you were born and then you're born and you live and then you die and then there's a time after you were here so there's a limit there's even a time limit on on your body so um, using your body as an analogy to something it does have a limit it has a limit both physically and space and it has a limit in time um, moving forward then the the question is how does something then become its own thing apart from the other um, in other words something is 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 defined by its its limit in other words my body is defined by the limit uh, between my body and what's not my body that's the simplest definition your body is defined in from a time standpoint in terms of you live for a certain period of time but there was a time when you didn't live and there was a time after after you die um, that's a limit so that's a definition, that's a, that's a key limit to your life, actually. Uh, so you have a spatial limit and, a, and a, a time limit. And so you are, in a way, defined not just by w what your body is, but a, a crucial element of you, the definition of what you are as a body is what you're not. What, what is the limits of your, your physicality and the, the limits within um, time? Um, this is actually what Hegel talks about with something, and again, he's doing it on a very abstract basis, that something is, is in fact defined by its otherness. So the next question is, how does something become defined not by its other, not by its limit, but by itself? And this is where true infinity enters the stage. And true infinity is meant here infinite means you know different than finite um, and for something to to be truly its own and not be defined by the other it would have to go beyond its limit um, now we know it can't go um, beyond its limit um, in, a, in a finite sense your body can't uh, grow any more than it's grown when you're fully grown um, and you can't live forever in, in time wise so how does a finite thing uh, reach the infinite? How does it um, define itself rather than being defined by, by the other? It does it through true infinity. And what Hegel means by true infinity is that there is a, an, an ought. That it's not just the way things are, it's the way things should be. Uh, it's a, um, a sense of freedom within the, the something to um, think of, to be better than, to transcend its own limitation. So it's not, no longer defined just by what it's not, it's defined by itself. And it does this by going beyond itself, not in a finite sense, but in an infinite sense. And uh, again, this is a very critical concept. Um, it's, uh, it's really behind any notion of freedom, any notion of betterment, any notion of making the world a better place. Um, again, you, you t t for something to reach true infinity, it, it must go, it must leave the confines of its finiteness and, and, you know, really become something, something other than what's defined by its limits. So the words true infinity is interesting because it's, it's obviously contrasted with bad infinity or false infinity. And what Hegel means by bad infinity is just a, an endless um, stream of finite things. In other words, you can count numbers and you can keep, keep counting numbers, uh, you know, for eternity. Um, that's what he says is not really what's meant by, by infinity. 
um, he means uh, by true infinity that it's not just a continuation of finite things, but it's actually going beyond the finite, um, transcending the finite. And as I've said, this is a very critical concept with Hegel, and hopefully we'll, we'll be coming back to it um, again and again. This notion of going beyond the given is, is really uh, critical for any kind of notion of freedom, um, it gives life a purpose. It gives uh, rationality for life. Um, you know, there are many people out there today that feel that life really has no purpose, that we're uh, just uh, you know, a bunch of molecules and DNA, and um, it's, it's doing its own thing. And, um, you know, we may create purposes but, and meaning, but that's just for our own enjoyment and fun. It doesn't really have anything to do with life. Hegel would completely disagree with that, and I would also. Um, I, I believe that uh, life does have a purpose. We're, we're meant to try to make things better uh, for all of us, um, to realize our essential attachment to all of humanity, and to strive to, uh, to make things um, better for all. Um, and it's a long way. It's a long, long, long process, and history has been going on for, for um, millennia, um, but we still have a long ways to go. So this is the notion of true infinity. It, it comes very early in the logic. And of course, um, the logic goes on and on. It goes into essence and, and um, absolute spirit. Um, and of course, in the encyclopedia, then logic then um, others itself into nature and then um, comes back again in the third um, section uh, of the encyclopedia on spirit, where spirit works itself, develops itself through through nature to, to know itself. So again, just a quick recap. Um, and again, I apologize for covering such weighty material so quickly, but um, as we've seen, uh, presuppositionless being turns out to be nothing, the same as nothing, and nothing then also has a being because it's, uh, it's there. And um, the, the concept has, um, um, is connected to being. And uh, because being becomes nothing and nothing becomes being, you now have the notion of becoming, uh, which um, settles into the being that is there, determined being, uh, which has a quality to it, um, and as a, both a positive and a negative quality to it. We call it uh, reality and negation. And um, the fact that it has a quality, um, positive and negative, reality and negation, allows it to be deemed a something now. And of course, a something immediately connotes a something and another. You can't just have something by itself. You have to acknowledge the negative that's within it. So something is defined by both itself and by its other. And the way to, to get past this, uh, this notion of, of um, being defined by the other is through becoming something beyond uh, what you are, uh, what something is. And again, I keep referencing concepts about bodies and people and striving in history. Here in the logic, he's just dealing with these elementary concepts. But um, I thought it was important at least one time to go through uh, the whole step-by-step uh, -step process, which um, gets one to, to true infinity. So I hope you've enjoyed this, this podcast. Uh, I've enjoyed going through this. And we will uh, certainly see you again on the next episode of The Cunning of Geist. Thanks for joining us.